Okay, dear viewer, I uh, I interrupted Hakeem because I wanted you to hear the story as well. I was regaling the boys <laughs> with uh, with my our trials here at the at the Chapman household. Uh, Kelsey and our new daughter Evie have been quite ill, mm. um, but they're on the mend, thankfully. And Hakeem has has a uh, has a contribution <laughs> to the medical story. So oh, please enjoy. Okay, <laughs> so they're speaking about abscesses and draining abscesses, and I. The joke I was saying is that I had to drain abscess today, and if it wasn't for my mask, um, the the thing shot out like straight into my mouth, <laughs> oh, basically. God. But I had the mask on, so uh, luckily nothing got in my mouth. But <laughs> and this reminded me of a story of a friend of mine. Uh, he was working abroad. I won't say where, but uh, he was working in the emergency ward, and uh, a couple comes in, and it is a rather. <laughs> A man who's very well endowed, let's say, nice and a woman who's very eager to please her her man. And this particular man had a uh, what's it called? What's the there's some some guys get the piercing at the end of their penis. What's that called? Mm, couldn't tell. It you. has a name. I, I'm very right, vanilla. Enough. I have no idea. No, no. You <laughs> okay. Can have well, a cock he had ring, one of these. You wear the cock ring at the base of your dick to make it nice and okay and and thick. It makes it a thick <laughs> we're, el- black. we're eliminating. But, uh, but <laughs> we're you eliminating put it on top, so many of our listeners. Not my thing. Yeah. yeah, not my thing either. So I don't know what yeah. it's called. It's like a cock like a little butt, barbell maybe, a looking butt. thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, at the at the tip of his uh, at the tip of his uh, fairly sizable member, and uh, this woman was over eager, took too more than she could handle, and oh she got God. it stuck in her throat, basically. <laughs> oh, ah. um, and that is possible. Yes, it can happen. <laughs> And uh, this my my guy over here supposedly <laughs> they couldn't figure and the, the poor girl couldn't yeah basically <laughs> but she had to they had to come in and they I don't know if you've ever seen but, people move like but, uh, furniture or something how did they come <laughs> to the hospital was, yeah, that's like <laughs> yeah th- th- we have the 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 what's it called the pails I think it's called in English where you can put it underneath somebody if they need to like if they're unconscious or something but in this case they just put, basically put both of them underneath this thing and lifted them up like furniture and put them <laughs> in the, and, and then took them out of the ambulance oh my, with oh like God. a blanket over them into the clinic yeah. and then this friend of mine um what he did what he had to do at the time was basically because the, the, the guy absolutely refused there are ways that you can do you can basically aspirate from the penis itself to basically force him to be soft afterwards huh. um, but he refused he, was, he kept saying no and this is one of those human rights countries um so if the patient <laughs> says no <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing, but you know what I mean. So, uh, which, by the way, he's kind of fucked up because I felt because yeah. his his lady, his lovely lady, was turning blue. Jesus Christ! <laughs> he was like, no, 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 I don't want you doing that. Don't put a needle in my dick, please. <laughs> the woman could die. <laughs> Anyways, but what if they just um, knocked her out and she could dislodge her jaw? Like you know, when you pass out, you go. Soft. I was still confused on <laughs> no. how it got stuck in the first place. How does that work? Okay, you have you have voice folds, don't you? You have vocal cords. Sure. Probably, so the yeah. metal got okay, caught yeah, yeah. there, yeah. like in a spider's oh, web. Basically, yeah. Okay. So it went past, and then when you breathe out, it closes the vocal co- the vocal cords, and then they when he pulled back, they it got caught oh, on the vocal cords. That's what I had a similar yeah, thing yeah. happen to me, yeah. but for like three seconds, oh, yeah? not for like you know a fucking hospital <laughs> trip. What the fuck, man? Sorry, please continue. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, this friend of mine had to basically get in there and had to be underneath this guy. He's basically like standing over this poor lady, and he like had a to dislodge it. Porn video with, or something. Ba- basically, <laughs> and he had to basically dislodge it by specifically putting an instrument in and mm. uh, prying open the the cord so he and could get the, the the member out. 
Yeah, and then finally when he managed to get it out, it like it it popped out like literally it was like a pop sound, oh. and uh, it slapped the roof of her mouth and went in and slapped his <laughs> mouth because <laughs> he was so. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. This is this is a story from like maybe eight years ago, and he's wow. never lived it down. He's <laughs> been in the um, mouth for so long, so it's probably like super wet and greasy, and like all yeah, covered yeah, yeah. in pre, you know what? Poor or, girl. Like we say oh, so yeah. many curse words, but I don't think I'm allowed to like say <laughs> yeah. what I just like censored myself from saying. Poor girl, poor doctor, poor guy. Poor everybody well. involved. Wow. Yeah. But there's yeah, certain yeah, things. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural thing. But there's certain things that are worth dying for instead of the embarrassment. <laughs> and for me, this would be one of them. Okay. I would take her out. I would take oh myself my out or some shit. Imagine, oh dude. I, you have to move cities. You have to move cities. You cannot tell me you cannot only, move not- cities. There's like, you know, in your in your medical journal, there was a detailed like, recounting of everything that happened. This will carry them onto oh, both of them. Even oh. if they don't remain together, every time you'll go in the journal, you'll see this fucking... <laughs> oh, poor lady. And poor guy, too. But uh, Wow. Uh, yeah, At anyways. least uh, if, they, so if was... they didn't uh, split and their kid one day asked, uh, Mom, Mom, how did you meet Dad? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> They'll have God. a very decent story. Or no, the doctor started dating one of the two. I don't know if he's gay or not. <laughs> dad, how do you did oh, you Lord. meet dad or mom? And then it's a whole, oh, yeah. His dick slapped me in the mouth. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That tastes like the one. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, lo- didn't know I, I like dick, but apparently. But yeah, sorry. I want to serenade you with that one story. Well, thank you for uh, that uh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful story. That was one of the most spectacular oh. doctor stories I've heard on the podcast, I think. Sadly, I haven't been... Like my, I haven't progressed far enough in my career to have tasted any penises, but one day, uh, oh, one day. <laughs> the world is my oyster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll. Oh fuck! But yeah, um, uh, um, Hakeem's gonna say it. I'm very tired. I'm <laughs> yeah, exhausted today. <laughs> I think we're all oh, tired, Lord. man. I'm, I'm, yeah. I've got all these medical yeah, issues. You... I've been super. I'm like sick and dying yeah. over here. If I keel over during this podcast, boys, just <laughs> bury me under the Bucky's parking lot. <laughs> Why Bucky's? Why is a Bucky's? It's a it's Where a big the... gas station. It's like Mecca for white people. We yeah. have to take a a, a a pilgrimage there to get pilgrimage gas and, and yeah, beaver nuggets. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you know what? Actually, nuggies would fucking slap right now, dude. Do you have no idea? My god! Do you know what I fucking had for lunch today? Mm. I had like a, you know, some you get some cheese like cream cheese and it's with like pe- pe- like a pepper. Mm. Or like paprika, I don't know how to put it yet. So it's just like, fuck, what's the reddish kind of cream cheese? Mm-hmm. And I had a like bread with that and like some salad in it, and it was it's so sad. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's because I did have I didn't have energy to make anything. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to walk to a proper place to order food or get myself some lunch. So that's what I fucking ate, and I just had some green tea. So I'm I'm running off of a sandwich <laughs> with cream cheese, a handful of lettuce, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, and some fucking green tea. Yeah. All the all the Gen Z kids listening to this that never got taught how to actually cook are like. What? That's like what I live off of every single fucking day. <laughs> That's like a gourmet fucking breakfast. You have the energy oh, to actually cut toast. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of mouths and things going into mouths, I recently went to the dentist and remember, um, yes. I don't know, seven, eight months ago, I think, okay, not six months ago, I was like, a filler popped out and I, and I should get that looked at. Guess how long it oh, took yeah, me I remember, to, to yeah, get the yeah, fucking filler looked sake. at since it's then. It's been like eight months. It, it, it's been fine. 
it's absolutely fine. Mm. I got it filled. Mm. The guy was like, you just have, we need to remove some plaque, which I still think is kind of a marketing stunt. 20, 30 years ago, <laughs> no. nobody was removing no. no fucking plaque. Now they're fucking, and they're, that's why they're, nobody- they're removing dogs plaques now, okay? That's, I mean... Okay, sure. Maybe once, maybe? once every three years, maybe I need to remove some doctor fucking plaque. Doctor is seething. But, but the doctor's oh like Lord. every three months or something, every four months. Or you need are, to change it, your, it, it, your toothbrush every three weeks. Motherfucker. Yes. If people learn to actually brush their teeth fucking properly, then maybe you wouldn't <laughs> but need there you go. to fucking I had remove. a hole in this motherfucker. I, I, uh, you know, I hadn't gone for a doctor, uh, dentist checkup for a year and a half, and then I had a hole for eight months, but I washed my fucking teeth properly it was like it's fine we just need to remove the plaque come in a week i'll probably go in three weeks and i'll be okay you know but uh no no i'm, I'm kidding now the doctor's no best etc etc except when you guys swallow big pharma propaganda and then you yeah. poison the shit out of us but up until that point you're, you're, you're absolutely lovely i'm joking now I just, I just wanted to to uh see hakim especially his reaction uh, <laughs> to eight months uh, delay honestly i was kind of terrified at one point i was like i'm gonna walk in and this guy's gonna just knock me the fuck out because he's gonna be yeah. pissed off because yeah, he made the, the same filler and he was like oh okay let's actually he was pissed i went in and i'm like uh, a filler pop, pop popped out that you put in my mouth like three years ago and he's like me put in your mouth and i'm like yes you put in my mouth he's like no my my fillers don't pop out uh, and i showed him my tooth and he was like ah did you get in fight uh for some reason i'm doing like slavic accent his cerebral <laughs> <laughs> creation is perfect and uh, i'm like no not a fight but as my tooth got chipped a bit that's why it fell out so he was like an excuse but he gave me a discount and then i gave him the discount as a tip which was fine, nice that's how you but do yeah, it oh my yeah. god well that's done. Nice, yeah and that's how you keep a guy yeah i'm good at one thing is good. having guys that's mm. that's for sure yeah well, somebody's gonna clip that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of which, you go think, I believe there is an anniversary of sorts Ooh, that we yes. need to discuss. Yes. By the time this episode comes out, I guess it's going to be 365 days since I fixed my tooth. Mm. I'm kidding. Oh, it's going yeah. to actually be 365 days since the beginning of this absolutely beautiful project, which I am beyond proud wow. of having shared yeah, for a full year with most importantly the two of you but also oh, all of our uh beautiful and kind listeners whom we i hope we manage to make smile laugh but also educate at certain moments so boys please mm. tell me how do you feel uh with this massive accomplishment of three communists all equal uh, with no boss no hierarchical mm. structure no hr department no uh i don't fucking know middle management higher management executive board etc etc uh hey market says we shouldn't exist yeah Yeah, exactly At this moment, I am euphoric. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, 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 of course, I'm just I'm very happy with this. I, my energy doesn't come through because all of us are fucking mm. exhausted. But <laughs> the, it, we're generally all very happy, and we couldn't have done it without our lovely people that you guys that actually mm. listen to us. Mm. But other than that, yeah, what a fucking vibe, my boys! Yeah. The Great Proletarian October Podcast. <laughs> I, I say that because because you know the fucking Julian and Gregorian calendar. What the fuck? It was actually November. The revolution. Same with us. <laughs> you know, technically, I think we recorded our first episode in october but we put it out in november if i remember correctly i think you're right so um, yeah based beyond based <laughs> i have nothing more to add well congratulations boys we did it we're gonna shut the podcast down now this is the last episode <laughs> jokes on you losers <laughs> <laughs>
Well, howdy, y'all. It is episode 55, I believe. Yes, episode 55. And uh, it's been a while since we've done a kind of debunking-centric episode. I think all of our, our debunks were in like the first <laughs> dozen episodes or so, which is crazy. That's yeah. been that long. Um, so we figured it was time to, to do another one. So we're just going to hang out. I've got me a, a chocolate chip cookie and a, and a vodka lemonade, and we're just going to talk about <laughs> some of the dumbest conservative... Oh, uh, reactionary takes some of their talking points that are are very present in the discourse. You know the sparkle emoji discourse. Um, Discussions. <laughs> yes, and and they come up every single time. So if you're talking to your dad, you're gonna hear at least a couple um, of these. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So let's just go ahead and jump right in. I think we'll start with uh, with a very common one, even in some liberal circles. Like you'll hear Bill Gates kind of talk about this, mm. and that of course is overpopulation the idea that overpopulate these nuts <laughs> okay yeah that ah, you missed it you missed it these nuts can overpopulate your ass uh, get it because uh, right, right. a lot of those are both <laughs> terrible <laughs> jokes you're both fine <laughs> yeah, they're really, they're really... <laughs> hey there's no hierarchy here motherfucker yeah oh, yeah yeah i, I, I propose fire. to fire both of you do i have a second <laughs> yeah we both yeah, <laughs> <motion> yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> Um, so yeah, you hear this a lot, both from from the uh, the typical reactionaries on Fox News, Tucker Carlson, that sort of thing, um, but also like weird uh, freaks like Bill Gates who are are doing work in Africa and like trying to <laughs> to curtail population growth in non-white countries. Um, well, of course, trying to as sell. he buys up all the exactly. farmland. Oh my God, we're we're doomed, we're doomed. So, but this is very timely because we uh, we just hit eight billion people uh, on planet Earth, and uh, apparently, and I have reason to suspect this is not entirely accurate. The eight billionth person was born at twelve o two a.m. in Akron, Ohio. So. Uh, yeah, of course he was born in the fucking states. Yeah, yeah. of yeah. course. Um, yeah, and the aliens always invade in the states. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the fucking yeah. nuclear hell apocalypse starts it, in the U.S. Fucking Mars crashes <laughs> in the U.S. Fucking teleporters from other dimensions <laughs> start in the U.S. All the fucking superheroes from Marvel are from the fucking U.S. Tor is like, ah, U.S. is my fucking favorite spot, man. As Fuck as my as fucking as Swedish as people as that break to me. Sorry, Christ. Yeah. I was I was gonna say, you know, that always uh, like confused me as a kid. Why would Superman come from another planet and then go to the U.S. and then like pledge allegiance to? There's the an alternative. The there's an alternative he where he landed Soviet. on a farm. Yeah, he crash landed. Yeah. on uh, but yes, the Red Sun. I don't know much about it. Yeah. The vibes look good, though. I like the vibes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? That would actually pro- most likely be what a you know that uh, that's more likely outcome i would um, i would just say anyway sorry we're gonna keep going i'm fucking fine (laughs) i don't care how how hard this episode is to listen (laughs) for for the audience i don't (laughs) care (laughs) we're just here to have a good time we've got our little snackies hang out with our boys so all right let's 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 talk about overpopulation let's talk about overpopulation just a little bit so how big of a problem is it really or is it not a problem at all where did this talking point come from all right um, if you don't mind me just hijacking, because this is a point that I really don't like, because mm-hmm. it's fundamentally it's a racist point. Yes. Um, yep. uh, all right. The idea of overpopulation is fundamentally what's the term the appropriate term? It's uh, misplaced. The the fear is misplaced because the idea is oh we have limited resources 
Uh, and as a result, with all these people, uh, they're also stupid people who are like, oh, there's not enough space, uh, which is, uh, that's not the reality of it, okay? All of humanity can live in, in like, Rhode Island or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the smarter reactionaries um, would be like, oh, but there's not enough resources, so you know what we need to do? We need to kill the Browns, <laughs> <It's> basically. <laughs> that's that's as polite as they can be. They'll use other bullshit, yeah. right? Um, I remember the. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna give you a fucking uh, a radio if we allow you to fucking mm. <laughs> if we cut your balls off, <laughs> um, which ironically was a family planning method in, in India in Jesus. the 60s, if I remember right. Um, but uh, they didn't cut their balls off, but they would basically vasect- vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Fuck, why can't I say that word? Um, anyways, um, uh, the resource point is malplaced because not only are the imperial core, uh, c- c- the citizens of the imperial core. Um, much more uh, wasteful, let's say, or they use up a lot more resources. But even amongst those populations, the smallest sliver of the very top, you know, 1% of the 1%, mm-hmm. these are the people who pollute, like, by by magnitudes more than anybody else, right? I remember you have to mention the other day how uh, in the UK, the top, like, what, 10% or 5% of the population pollutes the same in uh, in one year, the amount that a regular English person would pollute or British person would pollute in 20 years. Yeah. Um, and then this, this you can extrapolate this point further. A single American, I think, pollutes or has a larger footprint than 400 Indians or something like that. Uh, and this is reproduced for Peru and Nigeria and, and, and the Philippines, etc., etc. So if you really genuinely did care and weren't racist and thought that getting rid of people or minimizing populations is the solution, you'd be recommending this for mostly, you know, Western, mm-hmm. highly developed, industrialized economies, which basically means white people. But they never say that. I wonder why. I, I genuinely <laughs> wonder why. I scratch my chin at, at why these usually, you know, center-right, respectable liberals do not ever say, you know. Well, it always snowballs. It's what they're going to say is, well, yeah. I mean, if we if, if these people didn't uh, run the world, if we didn't have these people in the United States to at the levers of power, then, mm. you know, the, the, the underdeveloped nations couldn't handle it themselves. Who would take care of the mm. earth? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So it just it, it becomes nonsense. a whole laundry list of a very sus politics very quickly. And the other mm-hmm. point, which yeah, says as sure. developing countries develop, they will consume more, and mm-hmm. when they consume more, we will end up running out of resources. Which kind of implies that if they consume at the same rates as us, it's unsustainable. And instead of, yeah. for example, taking in this case the degrowth approach and saying maybe we should start having a conversation about how much is being consumed, instead of making sure that uh, certain parts of the world stay underdeveloped in order for us to be able to uh, consume enough. But if we disregard even the, the degrowth uh, argument, the population increase uh, and everyone basically consuming at similar rates as it is now with only the 1% removed from said equation when it comes to how much consumption they don't only create throughout through their lifestyle, but through the ownership of capital, through the ownership of mass profit-run industry, industry which is not regulated against pollution at the levels uh, that uh, exist right now, 
would absolutely be a sustainable uh, growth model according to most scientists. I'm, I've never picking a side between the degrowthers and the mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. anti-degrowthers because in my opinion it's really something that uh, scientists are still uh, debating and discussing about. It's something that is very difficult to talk about because in order for you to get funding to actually research topics that are this complicated, you need to go to somebody who has a very strong, usually right-wing political bias, and therefore whatever you read on this topic is very often, uh, very often leaning towards one or the other. But what Hakim mentioned earlier when it comes to the pop population size and literally us running out of space, running out of air, running out of water, running out of meat, running out of carrots or whatever, makes absolutely no sense. I wrote this down. Texas has 268,000 square miles of land for a planet of 8 billion plus people. That would equate to approximately 30,000 people per square mile. Manhattan, on the other hand, boasts 67,000 people per square mile. Two times. This leaves us basically with a world population packed in Texas with plenty of room for tourists, which is me and Hakim because we will refuse to move to the States absolutely ever <laughs> exactly right. and we'll come visit the rest of the planet here or there while we live yeah. in our in our empty, empty, empty countries or whatever the fuck. Think uh, how cool that would be, though, if if 99% of the planet was just uninhabited and you could just explore it and everybody you know, just lived in Texas. Do you know what the fucked up bit is that, you know, you, the, you say that and then immediately... The dystopian bullshit of how actually oh you know it's like nuclear holocaust yeah. happened or the climate change and now you have to go in like these bubble pods just because <laughs> yeah. the air will melt your skin <laughs> but texas has been insulated because i don't know uh, uh, what's his name not cruz what's his name is it ted cruz ted cruz yeah uh-huh yeah, he came into the atmosphere and, oh, yeah, it's fucking... <laughs> no, you don't understand. The, the cowboy hats have always been like this special tool that creates like a little air bubble around your face. It's like technology that was given to them uh, by aliens. They're like cousins of the Egyptians. So that's why the Texas people built the pyramids in order to true. develop the cowboy hat in order to... Aliens actually really them. like rodeo, too. A fun fact. Of course, man. The, the, oh, wow. The, the, oh, yeah. the pyramids were for rodeo. Movie? Why do you Hold think on. there's many... There's a fucking bullshit movie. I think it was 2011 or some shit it was released. Yeah, called Cowboys and Aliens. Oh yeah. Which, what? <laughs> yeah. It's it, ha it, had, it has fucking Harrison. It was a star-studded cast, and it was like, yeah. Why did you people? Yeah. I think the producers must have dirt on every actor in that movie. You're like, all right, you're in a Cowboy and Alien movie now. <laughs> I don't fucking know. But you mentioned the the pyramids and Cowboy has, and for some reason, my mind Im imagined them. The Great Pyramid of Giza, but at the top of it, there's this really big cowboy hat, oh, like hell proportionally yeah. sized. Oh boy, howdy! I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! And then it just floats away. It's actually a ship. Hey, maybe that's what we need to. Okay, we're we're getting, we're getting, we're getting way off track. We are yeah, deranged <laughs> this episode. No, All right. it's, it's... <laughs> moving on, moving on. But not U.S. U.S. studies project uh, just so that everybody knows exactly mm. what we're talking about mm -hmm. here when it comes to what the studies say that uh, the world population, which now stands at 7.8 billion will peak in 64 at 9.7 billion and then fall by 2100 to 8.8 .8 billion. Here we're talking no pandemics and no wars. So in the UN's, uh, if the UN's sustainable uh, development goals are met, the population at one point could even get to uh, a number smaller than 6.3 
billion, implying mm-hmm. everybody knows this, but it's still worth saying uh, as education grows, as literacy mm-hmm. rates grow, as uh, life quality Family increases, planning, yeah. as you rely less on physical labor for which you need many children, etc., etc., as family planning is introduced, uh, less people are born, and therefore the population gets quite literally balanced out. So what All we as extremely, by the way. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what we, even if we are the most uh, selfish uh, Western uh, uh, people that think uh, the fight for ecology is gardening or some fucking shit, should support the developing world in developing because that is how we, uh, that is how we curtail, quote unquote, uh, overpopulation uh, from expanding, even though it's not really a problem. But again, even if you believed it was Mm -hmm. a problem, the best solution to that would be a more equitable world uh, where, you know, you don't need to shit out 20 fucking kids because you're expecting 10 of them to fucking die. Right. Yeah, basically. And that's kind of the crux of the, um, what's called the, the capitalist or neoliberal aspect and the socialist aspect. The neoliberals are more like, oh, we need to limit the population. And they think of all these fucked up ways, right? While the socialist aspect is like, there's a material cause to why people have so many kids. Yeah, but right? they never look yeah. at cause. They never look at cause. They, they treat, no, we talk no, no, about no. this, not only when it comes to the economy, when it comes to everything. Let's just always keep the, treating the fucking symptoms but the cause yeah, you know yeah. we pretend it's not fucking therapy why because they make money off the fucking cause you dumb fuck but of course we don't say this out loud and that's why what you have said was exactly right yeah education uh increased science planning increased development etc etc will minimize the amount of kids more because they're not necessary fundamentally and culture will catch up slowly but surely uh, and that's the trend that we've seen across every culture on earth across every um uh, class even as time goes on people have less less uh, less and less kids um, with increased levels of development, so this is there is a an actual solution here, and then there's the Bill Gates fucking you know uh, poison the water so they're infertile, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like neoliberal nonsense. Well done, boys. Debunked. All right, In- debunked. <laughs> debunked. Yeah, intimately man. tied. I never say that word. Debunk. How do you say debunked or debunked? Debunk. Yeah. Debunk. Debunked. Okay. <laughs> debunk. It, so intimately tied to overpopulation or even I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say intimately tied to myself I was like what the fuck you'll see you'll see what he's saying in a minute audience yes we're talking about white genocide or uh, as it's often called uh, oh my god (laughs) as it's often called euphemistically a really good time (laughs) the great replacement (laughs) we are going to get cancelled so hard (laughs) replace these nuts oh my god I'm sorry. You're welcome, listeners. Right. So, white genocide. It's the it's the thing you hear on on Fox News, and usually they won't use the term genocide. Usually they'll say great replacement. They'll they'll be euphemistic about it, but the suggestion is that birth rates in non-white countries uh, are exceeding that of white slash Western mm. countries, or in the United States. Yeah, and the United States specifically, um, immigrant babies outnumber white babies and we'll get into what white means in a second but thinking about this like what what even is 
white that makes me want to make my own documentary like the the stupid what is a woman documentary where i'm gonna i'm gonna make what is what is a cracker what, what is that a is a great idea fuck that is a great idea fuck that is a great idea and you go and you interview fucking conservative people in a passive aggressive voice the way he interviewed like yeah. uh, trans rights activists and shit that would oh my god fucking patent that shit right here Sorry, please continue <laughs> that would be a good time but all right so if we're talking about this this uh, white genocide or great replacement theory, quote unquote theory, um, it dovetails nicely with the overpopulation thing. All right, but let's get into the the part that makes it kind of untenable for these people to defend the notion of whiteness itself. So, boys, what to you constitutes a white person? Liking mayo. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I love mayo. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, no, I'm, I'm joking. Actually, it's the, the, I remember I made a video about this before. Um, okay. The very concept of white is so fluid as to become meaningless mm-hmm. because some people were white at one point and then ceased to be white. Some people were never white, and then all of a sudden, on the flip of a dime, right, they're white for a short period of time before they're, you know, uh, thrown back into, you know, uh, Asiatic wars like mm-hmm, Ukrainians, mm-hmm. right? They became briefly white, beautiful, blonde, uh, blue-eyed Europeans, uh, and then just give it a couple of months, and then the Europeans will all fucking forget, and so will the Americans. And they'll go back to being, oh, these fucking Carpathian uh, Huns. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and then there's not even to mention like Irish people and Mexicans and and, and Italians yep. in the U.S. from the early 20th yeah. century, late 18th. When they uh, immigrated, when they came century. off the boat, I mean, there was incredible prejudice against these people, specifically because they were not considered white. They were considered mm-hmm. inferior to the you know the Western European um, Anglo type people mm-hmm. that inhabited <laughs> the United States at the time. Um, and then just, just uh-huh. I love I love when you say I, I'm so used to hearing Anglo as an insult. When you <laughs> yeah. say Anglo, I just re- Angloid, to these Angloids, yeah, <laughs> uh, papists, oh, yeah. But I always, uh, the, the, to me, the, the the concept of whiteness in general, uh, from uh, the radically insane definitions that the Nazis gave them to uh, less, uh, let's call it, to, to more spontaneous definitions, as uh, which we saw in the early onset of uh, American civilization, uh, have always been fascinating to me because for two particular uh, reasons. Uh, number one is it is so loosely defined that it is difficult to organize around, but, and now the second part, if given to an organization uh, who can uh, espouse its ideology through the lens of racial supremacy, it could ironically then become an incredibly rigidly defined and easy to use tool to unify group A versus versus group B. So basically, the whiteness is, is a definition, is a tool sitting out there that is basically useless for 99% of things, except when somebody who knows exactly how to use it comes and manages to use it. And that is how you get, uh, when it comes to, for example, the pinnacle of uh, of uh, a fascist example uh, Nazi Germany who mm. who went to such extremes of trying to define exactly what their superior race is that they even had infighting inside of the Nazi party 
over what it mm-hmm. means to actually be white. Uh, a lot of people mm. get confused at, uh, thinking that uh, Aryans are a particular group of people or a specifically a race of people. Aryans are perceived as individuals that have come a long time before. There was a very advanced civilization that got fucked up mostly because they started interbreeding with lower races mm-hmm. and their culture started falling apart and then their peoples you know, moved all over the place. In Germany... Just in Germany, it happens to be that there's a race, now we're talking about a race of people of the nomadic race, which exists, which is around 60% of Germany, who are a race which is least mixed, still mixed, but least mixed as compared to the pure Aryans of old. And then there's uh, another group of people in Germany and a third actually group of people in Germany, which are allowed to be intermixed with, but the future plan is for us to breed them out and become as Nordic as possible and as close to Aryans as possible. Uh, what I'm trying to put out here uh, with, with this explanation of the specific manner through which the Nazis saw race is that you can take it to these absolutely insane levels, such as like, we are descendants of people that lived in fucking Atlantis, Atlantis. right? <laughs> uh, and it's going to work so fucking well because when you tell somebody that they are, that they are superior and they have nothing else that they can be proud about in life it is it is absolute perfection and the original the original nazi idea of expansion was one indirectly very much so built against the perceived idea of white genocide only there it is implied that the jew through bolshevism and through uh the support of uh, interracial marriages is going to eventually lead to the complete downfall of uh, the descendants of the Aryan peoples. And we've seen what happened Based. in World War II <laughs> and how many exactly. <laughs> go, go, go George Soros. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we see to which extent it, uh, this, this argument could work. That's why... I always, whenever we talk about it, you know, it's silly. Ah, the Great Replacement, ah, fucking white genocide. It comes from the mouths of extremely cringe individuals. But when an intelligent but but maleficent person uh, manages to utilize the rhetoric of replacement, especially of replacement of something, the Germans, in my opinion, fucked up by defining it so rigidly. The Americans are, the American racists are doing a much better job. Make white as broad as fucking possible and make the enemy as precise as fucking possible. That is how you build a fucking massive coalition against uh, the perceived quote-unquote enemy. And then tell your coalition of motherfuckers that look completely fucking different, especially in the US, but like real European racists like don't think you're all fucking mongoloids. Like I don't know how you can be a, <laughs> a fucking proud Aryan in the US, but whatever. Um, if you you get my fucking point, it it is mm, it yeah. is a very useful point of rhetoric that can be uh, lit on fire, especially in an international place such as Canada, U.S., fucking Mexico, Germany, etc., etc. Mm. And it needs yeah. to be taken very fucking serious. Yeah, it distracts from, of course, the the main conflict, the main contradiction, which is class and all that. We don't need to repeat mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. stuff here. But something that um always uh, interests me about this silly approach is it's it's two things the first one is a lot of these you know cultural oh uh, we do they will not replace us mm. these you know great replacement types they have this pathological fear 
that, uh, especially in Europe, because a lot of these people are from former colonial powers, right? And they know what actual colonization is like because they lived mm-hmm. it and they've experienced it and their countries got wealthy off of it. And the, this subconscious fear, I think, is more a reflection of the, that, the fact that they're afraid that if the same were to happen to them mm-hmm. or if immigrants were to come to them, they're going to do what they did to other countries, yeah. right? Impose their language and religion and marry, forcibly marry their women. Oh, and the politics will somehow be all entirely aligned in their end and what you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's very telling. They're I afraid think. of and being the minority. Again, uh, yeah. They're always hypocrites yeah, when you like, talk to them about it. it. Always hypocrites. Oh, so what did uh, you know England do to all of its colonies? It gave them uh, civilization. Uh, and what is happening now when uh, the Nigerian is move, moving to to the UK? Are they bringing barbarism? Uh, wait, wait. That so you mean when you go, you are bringing civilization mm-hmm. because you're what? You are you're superior. And when they come, they're bringing mm-hmm. barbarism. And th- didn't you just say that you civilized them? Aren't the Nigerian super civilized mm-hmm. now? What, what do you have anything against them coming over? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Civilization is a genetic trait with the whites. <laughs> exactly. As long as he's present in the vicinity of the place, yeah. is, is civilized. The second he leaves, all of a sudden, yeah, it's so stupid. Again, it's that meme. It's like, oh, why are you afraid of being a minority? I thought, yeah. uh, what is what is wrong exactly about being a minority? And then you, you know, you 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 interrogate. It falls apart if you interrogate it even a little bit. Yeah. But also, I want to actually ask this of, of um, JT more than uh, you got because I don't know if this exists in the. Balkans, but I know it exists in the US. What is with this weird Asian woman exemption where you'll have mm. these white racists, mm. white nationalists, but they'll be with Asian women and, and suddenly that makes, oh, honorary white yeah. <laughs> Okay, that, it's, that a, it's a fetish. Point. It's a fetish. I mean, yeah. the, for, from what I've seen, it is entirely 100% kind of like the sex pat mentality where you have a lot of mm. Americans who will move abroad and not just Americans, but other <laughs> Angloids will, will move mm. to places <laughs> um, like Cambodia or Vietnam or wherever to mm. basically take advantage of the sex trade, whether illicit or or not. And they're just generally very slimy people. But even here in the United States, like, Asian women are treated as, like, an object of desire. And I don't want to get all, like, philosophical about anime and stuff mm. and how it kind of infantilizes um, women. But I, maybe that has a part... To, to mm-hmm. play in the in the equation, but I don't know. Um, Half of the program's uh, listeners log yeah, off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just not. Uh, I'm personally not a weeb, and I, I do suspect a lot of anime has as um having some very reactionary and yeah. not good ideology. I mean, baked there's into a, it. you know the eight. Oh no, she's actually eight hundred year old dragon. Yeah, very know, very like sus, stuff. very sus yeah. stuff. Yeah, but, but <laughs> as far as I know, it's just yeah. it's mostly just a fetish. It's like white dudes yeah. love Asian women, and that's the, like the trope. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to it. Yeah, and no, 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 the Wehrmacht was allowed to to fuck lower races as long as they don't get uh, pregnant. Right. If they get pregnant, then the, the baby needs to be reported and removed. Uh, the 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 interaction with the with the lower breeds on on a sexual level was looked down upon on the same extent, like you know, fucking without a condom and shit like that. Mm. But breeding with them, that is that is what is a problem. So even a a very quote quote unquote principled uh, racist could get away with even you know having sex with God forbid a a black woman or a Native American Ooh. woman, but uh, as long as you know they they don't get pregnant, as, as, as fucked up as it sounds, but that, that's what goes back again to the incredibly broad definition of what it is uh, that they consider superior or, or lacking superiority. You can 
come up with it on a on a literal whim and the nazis actively did oh we need allies from those dirty fucking romanians okay mm. now all of a sudden they have like okay some nordics there mm, yeah. yeah and now we're we're yeah, friends yeah. Uh, the same will be used by future uh, fascist movements because they understand that you know whites can't win wars so we need some mm-hmm. melanin up in this bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord well yeah. uh, hold on the last point i was gonna say is, have you guys seen that twitter post where it's like a selfie of some black woman and then there's this like you know maga type racist dude and he's like he's like goddamn black lives I'm a racist. matter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh fuck sorry that was my last point <laughs> to finish off <laughs> anyway speaking of nazis here's another one that's very very common and i made a video oh, on boy. it recently about mm. equating the nazis with socialists or more specifically saying that the nazis were socialists so fellers I got me some questions about about these these uh, this assertion. If the Nazis were socialists, why why were the two always trying to kill each other so much? Why did they hate each other so much? Why were the communists okay. always the first to be exterminated it, and hunted left, down? Leftist infighting. Oh, leftist, that's all it yeah, is. That's it right. Leftist infighting. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, they were socialists. My bad. <laughs> this is one of the core, the core I- original ideas of the deep program. Don't you remember from many episodes mm-hmm. ago? And when you really think about it, all ideologies are leftist, and all of history mm-hmm. is leftist infighting. <laughs> Marx was completely wrong that all of uh, history is class warfare, etc., etc. All of history History is just leftist infighting. You know, Genghis Khan had one leftist idea fighting against the, <laughs> whatever the Persians with another leftist idea. It is all Mughals, leftist infighting. I was going to say, before I actually get into this, because I, I want to do like a quick blitz round because it's, it's such a tired point yeah. that people somehow still believe it because the American education system is a, is a nightmare. <laughs> uh, before I get into that, though, why did you make the thumbnail of your video a sexy Hitler? Well, what is that about? <laughs> I just needed, a, I needed someone who wasn't. Hitler, because the algorithm would see that and demonetize it. Yeah. But I, so I slapped a mustache on just oh! some like generic worker. Oh, dude. you're yeah. so wrong. You edited it. You're, no, but dude, you're so wrong. You that, YouTube loves yeah. Hitler, loves swastikas, loves yeah. that it shit. Loved, it oh, loves God. Hitler, yes, but it will take your money if you show like Hitler with a swastika. Yeah. Generally, that's why I typically try not to show him oh, in, in videos. But that being said, though, I, I can do the quick blitz because this is fucking stupid. The, the funny blitz that Krieg. I say blitz, uh-huh. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, the, the, the losers lost the, the lost the war, so you know, get fucked. Uh, anyways, um, and and the dumbass shot himself. So fucking. <laughs> anyways, first and foremost, the very concept of privatization was coined by Nazi Germany. So for you to come and be like, oh, blah, 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 it's a fucking... So-. No, it isn't. Socialism is an actual defined thing, usually by economic relations. And in every fascist country, not only uh, Nazi Germany, but every fascist country, markets aren't abolished. Private uh, ownership of capital remains. Wage labor remains. Private, private property remains. And all these other institutions are strengthened, in fact. They're not weakened. Um, but they, they do the, what's it called, the uh, favorite pastime of fascist movements, which is to adopt socialist rhetoric mm-hmm. and socialist symbology because it is it is and has always been and will continue to be popular because that actually represents the interests of the vast majority of the pe- of people. So that's why they have to do this shit. That's what, if, in a weird way, by the way, uh, connected but not connected, that's why Democrats do all this fucking liberal not liberal washing but like progressive washing of all their nonsense right you know they're they're gonna have a token black person there or an ethnic of some sort and they're gonna you know uh what's it called joe biden's gonna say a, a sentence or two in spanish right <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day <laughs> i'd love to just, see him it, try 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy can barely speak English. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, hey, n- nobody will beat uh, our good old George W. Right? Oh. He, he was a, a master, and then oh, let me hit that drive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and the of course Lenin's statement, which is always ever true: fascism is capitalism in decay. Mm. When uh, capital is feels threatened, it regresses or it retreats into a uh, intensification of the uh, state apparatus in all its violent and and coercive arms or forces. Uh, you have a strengthening of a military presence, militarization of police that exists. You have a combining of corporate and state power. You have complete decimation of anything that even resembles workers' power. So uh, independent labor unions, socialist and communist parties, um, the ability to protest, all of this is completely out the window. Collective bargaining, all of it, is completely destroyed. Um, And that's why also, if you ever want to really know who the true enemies of fascists are, just see who they go after. Mm Uh, the first people they go after, and it's always the communists, very interestingly. Do you know who else has that parallel? All these, you know, fantastic, beautiful, lovely democracies that everybody seems to praise. Um, liberal and, oh, we have a good parliamentary system. Everybody can be represented. But the second capital is threatened, the first thing they start doing is banning communist parties, preventing them from getting permits to run for elections, and all the other bullshit that they fucking do. So, yeah, uh, scratch a uh, social democrat, fascist, please, blah, blah, blah. We've done this something, an episode about this, I think. <laughs> I don't remember now. <laughs> so We've many. done something about yeah. this, I'm sure. Um no, boys, guys, guys, red, okay, there is red in the Nazi in Nazi <laughs> Germany's flag, there's red in the Soviet Union's flag, there it is, confirmed, mm. okay, Canada, uh, uh, fascist and communist, France. okay, uh, Tunisia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, moving on, I don't have an easy segue for this one, so, uh, number four, welfare makes people lazy. How many times have you guys <laughs> heard this? This is particularly common in the United States, but I think it's also being exported abroad a little bit more now, mm. um, maybe not with the exact terminology, but the idea that any kind of social protections or benefits um, designed to help the poor mm. prevent those people from being a productive member of society. Like, you know, the term mm. welfare queen comes to mind where, you know, these white people always assume it's this this big black lady with 30 kids sitting at home mm-hmm. eating Cheetos and watching TV and not working and just collecting a welfare check and living Praxis like, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> living like royalty. So this is obviously farcical <laughs> on its face, yeah. but yeah. let's dive a little bit deeper. Boys, what do you have to say about welfare? It's extremely useful even outside of the uh, the American uh, system because and in countries that are not per se international because when you're looking for uh, the reasons that your life sucks and you keep looking around and there's people in fucking S-classes buying up all the property around you, Mm -hmm. owning banks and shit, and you shouldn't be uh, concentrating on them. Uh, The welfare leech, as uh, he, she, or they are called, is usually what's presented to you as the the perfect alternative of who we can blame instead of of actual capital. It's it's rarely hatred towards the idea that uh, people deserve uh, help and that we as a society should give he- help. It's more of a question of 
who gets to deserve it? You know, when you're walking down the street and you you give some kid or some homeless dude or grandpa or lady uh, $2, probably somebody, ha everybody has heard this at some point of their life. And uh, one of your friends or acquaintances that you're walking with or colleagues says, uh, what are you giving them? They're just going to drink it away. They're just going to yeah. give it to the to the guy who, you know, owns the 30 kids. And it's going to beat the shit out of the kid if he doesn't come back with, uh, with 20 bucks, which what happens in my part of the world a lot etc etc it is it is this idea that we uh we get to choose and define what type of poverty is allowable poverty and what type of poverty is not allowable uh why uh, we think we get to choose uh, what the legitimate reasons are for somebody to be poor and the illegitimate reasons are for somebody to be poor uh, or homeless, which is something that uh, unless you have experienced yourself, unless you have hit that rock bottom yourself, you will never be able to, to completely understand because your life happened to have gone in a relatively better or a lot better, uh, better direction. Basically, the, 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 sub, the imaginary subclass, just how the middle class is imaginary, the imaginary subclass of these uh, welfare leeches or poor people that are poorer than me or the poor people that don't want to work, etc., uh, etc., et which then are lumpens, but you get my fucking point, mm -hmm. are, are the, the ideal tool for the liberal or the conservative which doesn't want to deep dive into racism. Mm. For having the you know the reactionary reasoning for why shit uh, why you really don't need a revolution why you really don't need a different system etc etc it's not that much nobody gives a f like some people give a fuck but nobody feels like the money they give for taxes is their money and oh my god this guy's taking it just feeling like mm. I'm working so hard to barely fucking survive and that guy's getting it easy no my friend the guy that's getting it easy is the motherfucker with the fucking success classes I, I, I mentioned before. Mm. Not the, yes, drunk, drugged out, I don't care, homeless guy that's asking you for some two fucking bucks so he doesn't pass the fuck out on the street. Yeah, that's it. And this is what I really like about New York's answer is that's the human answer, that's the reality of it. But if you were to, even if, if you were to be super cold and calculating about this and were to just look at numbers, not even human beings, you'd realize that this point is fucking bullshit. And, and, and just, again, just a very quick overview. First of all, this weird punishment mentality where, oh, they need to absolutely be like, you know, teetering on the edge of absolute destitution mm -hmm. for them to push them into, you know, getting a, a job on. This is fundamentally a stupid perspective because instead of allowing people the breathing room so they can find stable and gainful employment, they'll be forced into really sketchy, uh, low quality gig work or other temporary work just to make ends meet, just to be able to survive. Right before even thinking about getting a proper employment that would be able to to you know maintain mm -hmm. them, so that's the fundamental mistake of this. But this is also supported by all the research, which is more than clear that welfare does not make people la lazy. Not one bit of research supports mm -hmm. this nonsense. Mm -hmm. Vast majority of research shows very clearly that already the very inadequate system of welfare that exists in most countries, like the U.S., for example, is absolutely crucial and has a massive net positive effects for pushing people into actually searching for gainful employment, getting the necessary training so that they can maintain gainful employment. Not only this, but it incre increases likelihood of them actually finding a job in the very in the first place. Um, so that was number one. Number two, the big memes like, oh yeah, you're just going to sit there on welfare. Have you ever seen, a the only people who say this shit have never yeah, seen a ever, welfare check. Yeah. 
or had to live on this fucking shit. Because you'd know you get fucking pennies. You'd barely be able to fucking survive. I remember I looked into it. In the US, for some of their stupid programs, you need to be half the poverty line yeah. in the US to even qualify. Half the poverty line. That means you're getting like $26 a fucking week yeah. to survive. It's like, it's ridiculous, honestly. Oh my God. But yeah, it's... Um... All this in the end of the day is even if you were to have a strong welfare system with a country that's, you know, oh, good state uh, tax funded, blah, blah, all that. All this is still fundamentally an inadequate and, and it's an inherent failing of the capitalist system. People are homeless or don't have proper employment or have to be on welfare, etc. Because of, again, there's a material reason to it. There's a cause there. There's something that can be directly treated, whether it's lack of education or lack of employment opportunities in that particular community or bad infrastructure that doesn't allow people to go into the particular parts where there is employment, etc., etc., etc. There's always a fucking solution. That's my point. Mm. Um, and of course, the final point. The biggest welfare recipients, the people who get the biggest fucking payouts and all the biggest government checks without any fucking strings attached are the, the, the fucking the ruling class, the people who own everything, the people who already have more money than they know what to do with. These are the people who get payouts from the government, their businesses are bailed out, their banks are paid off, etc., etc. Yeah, look at COVID. Like how many of the people who are saying, oh, these welfare queens, whatever, have had mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars in PPP loans mm -hmm. paid off, like yeah. just forgiven, yeah. waived, like nothing. And it's it, every single time you you see someone on Twitter saying something like that, mm. you can look them up because it's public record mm. how much of their loans they had forgiven. You can see them. So go look next time somebody says that. Mm. That's It's very clear. It's very transparent. And you should not give mm. these people the time of day. Okay, moving on. So this is very, uh, this ties in nicely with the last point. Um, personal responsibility, as in everything you do, is entirely up to you. Every action you take can lead you to success. Everyone starts on a on the level playing field, according to these people. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the opportunity to quote unquote succeed. And what success looks like to these people is, you know, financial stability mm -hmm. or, you know, running a business or, or whatever it is. You have stepping on your film, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have it's the bootstraps well, thing. It's it's you have the ability to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and achieve whatever, regardless of your circumstances. Now, again, obviously this stuff is is not the case. But why is that? Why do you think that this is such a, a common trope that is brought up? And what can you guys point to 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 help other people understand that this is not necessarily accurate? I recently made a, a whole dedicated video on this topic because it has always irked me uh, from more from the perspective of people uh, stating that we cannot develop a better system because of our quote-unquote inadequate human nature, which will Ugh. then inherently corrupt it, etc., etc. But uh, a lot of the discussion that happened in that particular script based on the stuff that I read on said topic kept returning to basically the personal responsibility myth of uh, everything that you uh, do and everything that you achieve uh, depends on just how hard you try etc etc and obviously i'm not going to uh, spam you with all the shit that i talk about there much more extensively but let's touch on a few things do you really think that if albert einstein was born to a uh, to two parents that can't even talk in the middle of rural i don't know whatever let's say sri lanka uh, he would have been able to uh, create the beautiful theories that he was able to create uh, strong 
oh man, I know, but can you really mm-hmm. ever at any point with honesty to yourself say, yes, absolutely, no, fuck that. Actually, because we live in the capitalist system as it is right now, we have lost, in my opinion, millions of brilliant minds that did not have the mm-hmm. material uh, resources to actually give the beauty which they happened to be the genetic code that created their beautiful brains and the, their environment that influenced in that brain to, to flourish uh, and were not were not able to to uh, give back to to the world around them to the same extent again as a consequence of the market economy number two uh if you take two identical twins you put one in a super fucked up uh, environment you take you take the second one you put them uh in a, in a much better environment these are people with the identical genetic code and while yes their genetic code will influence certain things certain preferences etc cetera, etc cetera, the way their life is going to go and the way their life goes usually in almost all the cases that i've i've seen is uh, quite radically different meaning that no matter how much both of these people would uh, same uh, will, uh, same power of will, same you know blood. Uh, wanna succeed in this or that? Uh, they uh, end up uh, on quite different levels, and not only on quite different levels of like the typical capitalist definition of what success is, but they start defining what success is completely differently uh, as well. If we look at uh, the generational wealth gap, which uh, basically. Uh, pits uh, son or daughter against father or mother when it comes to what they can do in their life. The personal responsibility of your boomer dad uh, was not necessarily much better. You actually, you are more likely to have been uh, much more productive in your workplace than they ever were, but because they existed in what? A different environment and a different economic system, uh, sorry, a different stage of the same economic system. They managed to uh, personally respond Responsibilitize themselves to a much higher level because a house costs 10 fucking cents and the university basically paid you to go to it. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, but all of these three, four examples, and I could give 500 more, uh, teach us one very particular thing, and that is that we are, to one extent or another, uh, results of our environments. Are we 100% results of our environments? Like, would completely disagree. Absolutely not. We should never use this argument to completely step away from any sort of personal responsibility and go into some stupid ass nihilism of you know well, everything will happen because it's pre-written. Uh, completely subscribe to determinism, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, the, the opposite claim of uh, everything being in your control is uh, not only unscientific, but uh, quite literally soulless and pathetic beautifully said beautifully uh, I, I can i nothing to add all right moving on so next let's talk about affirmative action and this is one of those hot button terms that kind of it's faded from from view a little bit uh since obama left office but it was it was kind of mm-hmm. yeah back back then back when Back when Obama, mysterious last name, uh, was Obamism. Please say his the greatest communist say ideology. his name properly. Uh, Obama. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Obama. 
<laughs> I fucking love that shit. Sorry, go on. Anyways. Um, so affirmative love. action is basically TLDR. It's a set of procedures designed to eliminate unlawful discrimination among applicants to jobs or positions to remedy the uh, consequences of such prior discrimination and keep it from happening in the future. So this could be mm. for people looking for a position in a like a job or applying to uh, to attend a certain school. And the way reactionaries see this is giving an unfair advantage to people who are not white. Um, and this is they usually assume it's like affirmative action equals uh, easy points for black people. But it's also mm. it's not just black people or any other particular race or identity. It is, it's it's. Anyone who is not represented adequately, you know, quote unquote, however that's determined, and we'll get into that, um, in the given space, whether that's due to sexual orientation or uh, religion, race, whatever. So, affirmative action sounds pretty vague. What do we think of this, boys? All right, I'm going to... This is something I fucking... I really, really don't like this point, because... It's in so incredibly overstated, particularly in the U.S. where people complain about it most, uh, at least what I've seen online. Because even if you look at it internationally, the vast majority of places do not have quotas for, for uh, mm. you know, oh, we need this many women, we need this many uh, blacks, we need this many, etc., etc., etc. vast majority of it is, oh, we want to have increased consideration for, you know, employing this uh, a person from this background or, you know, etc., etc., which basically amounts to fucking nothing. That's what that means, increased consideration. You can wipe your ass with increased consideration. <laughs> the few places that do have um, quotas are such ridiculous, like... Um, it's again. It's like this weird, uh, like progressive washing of capitalist nonsense. Like I, th there's an EU law that was pa passed semi recently, which basically said that oh, um, all board, uh, all boards of major European companies have to have at least twenty percent uh, women re being represented, right? And the thing is that at the end of the day, if you're to look at these quotas, it's in shit that the vast majority of people will n not only do not care about, but uh, has no actual reflect, uh, re doesn't reflect on society in general. What's more important is having, uh, you know, people within education, for example, representation in government. These are things that are actually important. Not, oh yeah, you know, there's like two more uh, really w wealthy white women <laughs> in this fucking, yeah. right? Um, but th that's not the annoying bit about it, actually. Uh, the most time... The vast majority, if there's even going to be affirmative action, it takes place like this. You have two equally qualified people, completely exactly equal in, uh, in, in their uh, uh, ability to do the job, in their qualifications in education, in their work history and experience, etc. One of them happens to be the majority uh, representative of that particular society, and one of them tends to be the, uh, uh, is the minority. If these two people were exactly equal and there is, oh, you know, some national uh, impetus like, hey, yeah, we need to have more more of this minority in, in these positions, then the minority would be picked as the tiebreaker. That's what would be done. And I find this very interesting because the inverse is actually what happens the vast majority mm -hmm. of the time, uh, particularly in the United States, for example, where you see that regardless of... of um, 
how qualified somebody is for a job, for example, if you're black or have a black, quote unquote, black sounding name, whatever that's supposed to mean, mm. right? Or Hispanic or basically not a white, mostly white men, but even white women have uh, a advantage over uh, minority women. All people who are of the minority get less callbacks. They get uh, lower employment rates. They're fired more frequently. Usually they're the first ones to be fired. They get less pay. They get less um, uh, career development. They get less um, benefits across the board. Right. So at best, affirmative action is like trying to make up a small part of the deficit at best, if it even works the way it's supposed to, which vast majority of the time it doesn't. Uh, I want to actually quote something which is hilarious. Um, and this is something that like supposedly the European Union is trying to push something called um, uh, positive action. Uh, listen, listen to this. Your poverty is your own fault. bullshit. Uh. And I quote. An alternative approach is positive action. Under this approach, the focus tends to be on ensuring equal opportunity and, for example, Uh targeted advertising campaigns to encourage ethnic minority candidates to join police forces. (laughs) Oh, my God. God. They said that. They said (laughs) the thing. Guys, guys, guys. They said the thing. Guys. Oh. This is often this is often described as being colorblind. Oh no! <laughs> I love I love it. It's like oh yeah, you know what? The only way we're gonna we want the only place we want min- more minorities is when you're gonna be killing other minorities yeah. <laughs> just so Jesus. the optics work out. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god! I bet you, I bet you, if um you know the the BLM stuff and when it first started, I bet you if that cop was black, yeah, the amount of the liberal self imploding that would occur would be oh my lord, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, uh, the this is all this even affirmative action in and of itself is kind of cringe from a Marxist perspective because again there are material causes to these deficiencies and they're not oh because they're you know the the uh, blacks are less brachiocephalic and as a result <laughs> no, 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 no no skull measuring bullshit no it's because of usually these people either minority backgrounds or immigrant backgrounds have less uh, opportunities to enter into education for example they're discriminated against on a society wide basis it's a, amongst a billion reasons basically but the root cause isn't fixed and that's why they can have to continue being like oh yeah we need affirmative action but it doesn't really work yeah um it's a band-aid at the end of the day right affirmative action without a you know proper background necessities for a particular job or position or whatever just means people attending for example expensive institutions universities living in expensive areas but then at the end not having the means to pay to remain in those places so they end up being uh, uh, dropouts and this is something that you see in the quote-unquote conservative research on affirmative action mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah well a lot of these blacks from poor communities they're sent to like you know ivy league institutions and then they draw, drop out halfway and actually that's why affirmative action is a bad thing yeah but they don't actually talk about how these people don't have the economic means to remain in these places in the first place and that's why again see so it's if it's a band-aid you yeah. need to actually treat the the underlying condition anyways I, that, I, that's my point I, about brilliantly put i don't know how it is uh in iraq but in my part of the world that actually in western europe in general uh the, the reason why they were able to pass legislation such as what you previously mentioned about you know uh, pushing more black cops or whatever is because <laughs> the, the, the affirmative action as a concept existing in the U.S. has been used so wisely uh, and menacingly by the by the European right wing that it's 
borderline impressive propaganda. What they tell us about what happens in the U.S. is, you know, if there's a promotion coming, they're like, uh, we don't care that you've been here for 10 years. Let's give it to the black trans woman who's been here for three weeks. That That is how <laughs> affirmative action is presented uh, in Europe in general. And it freaks everyone uh, the fuck out for some fucking reason. I mean, understandably, if it's to, to such, a, such a cartoonish level, it, it, as, as what it is, uh, you know, uh, shown that uh, it kind of becomes as an argument of if we go too international, the way that the, the Americans are going, we will have to not only pay them welfare, what we talked about previously, but we will have to also give them uh, give them our spots, which we have so hardly worked for. So. It, to me, it was always very ironic, this incredibly right-wing country, the United States, being used as an example of what happens if you give too many rights to the, to the disadvantaged, to, and so on and so on. And that leads to policies such as this. They're like, oh, no, we don't want to be like the Americans where, you know, everybody gets uh, second-place trophies and shit. Mm. The, the, that type of, like... 2006 yeah, exactly yeah. but something that's so 2005 but still works uh, still works today everybody like you talk to like a random fucking 75 year old I don't know grandma from Croatia or from fucking France about affirmative action in the states and they will tell you horror stories that they read I don't know in the Sun Times or what some shit that are <laughs> that are just stuck yeah. in their brain it works it just uh, it works as a as a scary fucking thing and it coming from the states is very ironic I just want to state, by the way, because this point is finished, but I just want to state that uh, JT went through our doc entirely and <laughs> took every l l labor with a U, like L-A-B-O-U-R, right, and erased every U out of it because, <laughs> like, Anglo's out, but also, you know, <laughs> I don't know why that irritates me. I hate seeing labor without the U. Maybe it's because O-U-R spells our and labor is, you know, collective. Maybe that's uh, why. But uh, Every time you know, I read it, I'm like, exactly. labor, what is color? <laughs> what are you people doing? <laughs> <laughs> you guys did it because you didn't have fucking the money to pay for the ink alright <laughs> you're right oh lord the lay power theory of value yeah alright moving on um, this one is, is particularly uh, close to home at the moment private healthcare is better okay as someone who one just had a child and has seen the bill and <laughs> just had a not one but two hospital stays for people in my household, and I'm currently <laughs> awaiting those bills. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, huh. JT, I just have a question. You know, you know, like in old Looney Tunes cartoons when their eyes pop out of their head when they look <laughs> yeah. at something. You know, uh, is that what happened to yeah. you when you got the bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Went like boing. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Um, it, so it's not great on on that front where it's just incredibly, incredibly, just unfathomably expensive for people in most yeah. of the world. They would look at a U.S. bill and be like, "Are you kidding me? You stubbed your toe and they're charging you twelve hundred bucks." Mm. We've mentioned this in multiple episodes before, but like the average uh, cost to have a baby in the United States with insurance mm. is like ten grand. And if you have a C-section, yeah. it's 30, which is absurd. 
So, and that's not why genocide, by the way. That, no, that isn't. <laughs> yeah. right? so, I'm just saying. No, no. <laughs> there's affirmative the, action for the black babies. So affirmative action oh, for the black yes, babies. Yes, they they don't course. make them pay. Mm-hmm. They don't make the yes. black babies pay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that we also have to consider that is not just the. I was gonna. Sorry, I was just. Gonna, I was gonna make a horrible joke, and I thought about the optics. I was like, you know, fuck it. I was gonna say they make the black babies pay by uh, uh, putting into effect the Thirteenth Amendment. Oof, like, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, but it's a. It's it's True. A, that's what Amer- the American government does. Yeah. Sorry, go on. But it's not just, <laughs> as I was saying, it's not just the expense. Like, if we had the best healthcare in the world and it was the most expensive, mm-hmm. you know what? Fine. Like, you could make an argument for that. But we don't. Among wealthy peer nations, like among the rest of the mm-hmm. quote-unquote West, the developed world, whatever you want to call it, we rank dead last in healthcare outcomes. Mm-hmm. Dead last. Yep. Like, it's not even close. We we spend more of our gross domestic product on health care, and yet we're mm. dead last. We rank last in access to care, administrative efficiency, equity, and health care outcomes. Jesus Christ. It's, there, Dude, there's no defending it, in my opinion, but I, Dude, I'd like to hear what you guys think. the gap is ridiculous. No, I was just going to say, because I've always known it was, it was the dead last, but I uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably by a smidgen, no. like just a little bit. <laughs> no. Uh, and I looked at it. I'm like, this. It looks like. Do you know? Uh, uh, for the listeners, th- there's like a trend, and it's like a straight line, and then it falls off a cliff. And mm-hmm. the U.S. is at the bottom of the cliff. It's it's like half the graph is <laughs> just to accommodate how low the U.S. is. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. It's like they they have the only other argument they have is oh well you have to. I mean in other countries you have to wait longer. It's like. Mm. Mm, First of all, that's not necessarily true. It's not true. Like right now in the United States, every hospital is overwhelmed because of how badly we handled uh, COVID. Like we went to take Evie to the ER and the it was packed to the brim with parents and their mm. sick children and it was horrific mm. to see like the hallways were filled and we were told like we got put in like a basically a cupboard because hers was pretty acute mm. and they're like all right well you've got 20 kids ahead of you uh waiting for a bed but we'll get you into a room as soon as we can and we're like jesus christ so like that and of course that's right now it's particularly bad right now but even before covid that's just not the case. You do have to wait in the United States. Like anyone who's ever gotten medical treatment can tell you you're not going to be seen immediately. And that's the case everywhere. That's just the nature of medicine. Like you're going mm. to be prioritized if you have a, a more life-threatening condition. That's just how it works. So if you if you cut, if you cut your little fingy, you're not going to get seen immediately. Mm. That's just how it goes. Mm. Dr. Hakeem, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. No, 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 you're completely right. Uh, a lot of people don't understand. People are like, oh, he's just sitting in the office. They're just playing with their balls. What are they doing? <laughs> um, that's not true. I'm playing with other patients' balls. Uh, but, <laughs> no, no, uh, me, no, memes aside, it's because we always prioritize the most uh, like acute patients, right? Mm. Uh, and there's like a list. And, and balls are pretty sensitive. When yeah, they're up there exactly on right. the list. Exactly oh. right. Positive no, discrimination the, the, towards is... people with balls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. No, there's no affirmative action for them, sadly. My point being is that when you see a, an emergency patient, normally, since you work in an emergency ward, other emergency patients start showing up, yeah. right? They don't just wait politely until you're finished with one guy. Uh, and as a result, you have a lot of people who have less acute things that end up waiting, all right? And that's not to say that in many cases because of just sheer um, over, over, overwhelmment 
overwhelmment? I don't think that's a word. Overwhelm. Yeah, I looked it up recently myself. It's overwhelm due to sheer overwhelm. Okay, that's weird. Due to sheer overwhelm of the of the emergency ward, there's some people who are pretty bad and they still have to wait a long time. And that's kind of an issue of organization, of uh, funding, of uh, staffing, etc., etc. And again, all these have material bases, material causes. Um, that could be fixed. By the way, I learned something interestingly. Um, just a hypoth- just a, another side of the thing. In 1966, one out of five doctors on Earth were in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. One out of five, and the Soviet population wasn't represent. Yeah, Soviet Union yeah. population wasn't <laughs> wasn't 20 percent of the world. I can promise. And you they're that. famous for having private health care, right? They're like that's uh, there's a direct <laughs> yeah, correlation. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Oh my god, but yeah. And by the way, the only reason that almost all like post-socialist, or post-Soviet countries have even a semblance of a decent healthcare system is because of this, you know, like the socialist uh, hangover. People know what you know good healthcare is yeah. like, and people know what affordable and and uh, you know ever-present healthcare is like. Uh, and they're not just going to give that up and privatize it, unlike countries which have never really had or had in like messed up. Ways. I can confirm. Um, that's, yeah, exactly right. That, of course, that's not to say that there weren't problems with the, the oh, yeah. healthcare, blah blah. <laughs> Of course, yeah. When you look at the way that people did medicine, fucking 1962, yeah, it's it's barbaric <laughs> compared to today, obviously. Okay, fuck. But you know, that's the thing. I remember I was reading. Sorry, so another tangent. But I was reading. It was like, oh yeah, they're the talking about um, anesthesia, and there's like, oh yeah, it's an emerging science. I was like, I'm wow. sorry, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but no, yeah, it's it's like a, a bit of a meme. But yeah, up until like what the, the 40s and 50s, anesthesia was basically an emerging science. So yeah, be thankful that you live in the modern era, but also you might die in the climate war. So you know, it's, it swings and roundabouts. Uh, but uh, American healthcare outcomes are dog shit. So no, this yeah. is just a bullshit meme. Yeah. All right, moving on from something everyone can agree on that U.S. healthcare is bad. I think we can all agree that immigrants are coming to take our jobs, and that's <laughs> this is a uh, another huge one in the U.S. I'm I'm very curious to hear what it's like in in your guys' parts of the world. Um, but the the notion that you've got these migrants swarming over the border in caravans to come and take your your high powered executive positions or whatever, <laughs> yes. uh, power is, suit wearing. Yeah, is that? Do you guys have that rhetoric? Where you are as well. There are no jobs here. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which is proof that uh, foreign powers coming into your country leads to lack of jobs. Mm. But uh, in your case, it was uh, Americans coming <laughs> and not taking, but removing. Yeah, the Americans removing took our the jobs. jobs. Yeah. Yeah. we gave yeah. you a bunch exactly. of shit to rebuild, though, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, that we did, and no money to I'm do sorry. it. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, your oil wealth is ours now. I mean, in a way, we, you guys even failed at that. It's such a sh- bullshit yeah. endeavor. I feel so bad for the average American, especially the ones who were bamboozled and supporting oh, yeah. that stupid war. You have nothing to show for it. You're fucking. Your housing, the housing crisis ruined fucking millions huh. of your. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! I swear to God, Americans are something else. Uh. Um, sorry, go on. I mean, the, the, the whole conversation about uh, job loss due to immigration uh, is uh, overshadowed by the, I mean, everybody knows this, by the fact that uh, capitalism and its constant need for growth uh, will uh, search for ways in order to cut costs, uh, which leads to private enterprises offloading uh, labor to places where labor costs less until those countries themselves also develop more into consumer societies instead of societies which uh, create things because of the lower labor cost, which then will further continue to export that to a third party 
which will then grow and export it to a third party until we reach a point in which that said labor cannot be exported further. But that is a conversation for another time. Basically, inside of capitalism, uh, there is no patriotism. There is no uh, manner through which to preserve uh, jobs, both those necessary and bullshit jobs in one particular location. Uh, because it makes no fucking financial sense. Uh, okay, the here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. That's all really boring, and I don't care about that because I listen to Tucker Carlson, and he says that there's a migrant caravan. So that's <laughs> the thing. Like this, All of these arguments are like they're easily explained if the person you're speaking to is willing to just shut up and listen for five minutes and consider that these issues are a little bit more nuanced than it, it's been presented to them. It's been tied up with a bow by Tucker or whomever on, on the like whatever right-wing pundit they've been listening to. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. Please continue. Oh, no, no, you, you should have, because that is uh, why the rhetoric around immigration, the rhetoric around the laziness, the rhetoric around private health care, about affirmative action, about personal responsibility, about welfare clean, queens, exists. It is another extension of finding blame for why the system itself does not work. Uh, the positive manner through which to look at it uh, as Marxists is, I guess, the more of these conspiracy theories they come up with, uh, the more the Older conspiracy theories are no longer uh, do justice to what they're what they're trying to pull off. Basically, they've been uh, watered down. They don't work anymore. That is why they're coming up with with new shit. And immigrants taking your jobs is one of the one of the oldest ones, and at this point, one of the absolutely weakest ones. Uh, especially mm -hmm. because even when the immigrants come into your country, for example, most diplomas from most foreign countries coming into the United States especially from the developing world, I'm just using this as an example, are not really accepted. So you have a bunch of fucking rocket scientists cleaning toilets. Not like there's anything wrong with cleaning toilets, but the local American at some point really does start seeing uh, that the Mexicans do work hard so he doesn't fucking think they're fucking lazy no matter how racist he is and number two they see that now nah, they're they're not gonna own the carpentry job a part carpentry company they're gonna work in the carpentry company they're not gonna fuck uh, fuck me over because uh, the 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 United States government is not going to let them because they're not accepting their degrees and they're not letting them into their local, even state uh, colleges in order for them to get a local degree. Uh, and the ones that, that, that immigrate as wealthy people who end up studying in the U.S., be it on a stipend or because uh, they come from money, uh, never actually interact with uh, people that believe that, quote-unquote, immigrants are taking jobs. So they, they don't really know notice them either therefore this this particular tool uh which is used to uh make you feel like you're special just because you're born in a particular country another person needs to get to their country is uh, dying off because as i said number one it's no longer a useful rhetorical tool tool but number two 
there's been a lot of migration there's been a lot of migration in the last 50 60 years economic migration there's always been migration for a hundred different reasons from war to natural disaster etc etc but never as much economic migration which implies that people who are migrating think that it's much better over there where we're going but as mm-hmm. the world has slowly been developing a lot of fucking I don't know Koreans and fucking Nigerians and and Argentinians uh, over over in the United States do what once every three fucking years they go visit their family and they're starting to see man this fucking migrating over there fucking thing this fucking promised land that I supposedly went to and I barely have like a little fucking corner store under the apartment in which I live and I spent 40 years there and uh, my cousin from back home like uh, is uh, doing as well if not uh, if not better than me so so the dream of of uh, going to these developed countries in order to make something of yourself is not dying only locally. The American dream is not only dying locally, but dying internationally. And it's going to come to a point where the same very people who are scared of immigrants taking them, their jobs, uh, sitting on the fucking pavement and begging for any fucking immigrant uh, to, to dare come over uh, to their country. And it is going to be a, a glorious, uh, glorious moment to see. I would I, I I would rather cut my arm off than live in the states. It is literally the only country I would never live in. Yeah. I have spent months and months in that yeah. country. I've seen all the corners of that country. It is the only country where I would absolutely never ever 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 live in. Uh, not saying the you American people are beautiful, me, but it's just nobody you mean wants to, tell to migrate. You don't there appreciate anymore. our strip malls and our eight lane highways and our concrete junk. The concrete roads, <laughs> yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah. The, the concrete roads. I don't know what to tell you. Like this is. The, do you know the worst part about actually? Gavin, do you know the worst part about it? Isn't that how how like the, the current state of the U.S. It's the potential. Yeah. Of the U.S. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The insane potential that I could possibly have if there was a proper economic plan, a socialist divided democratic effort and actual inclusion of the people who built the fucking country um some level of you know uh, i was thinking uh, that the other day it's like it's it's like we have everything going for us everything i mean resources space great geography uh, if we just and it's it's parking lots drug addicts and fucking ceos that's the whole fucking country (laughs) there's your your doomer pill for the day (laughs) exactly right no and that's the thing the 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 true pain of it i guess and that's actually again uh, i'll make this point because i don't think americans realize how messed up this is it is not normal to pass eight homeless people on like your way to work that's not a normal thing right i there are war-torn countries that have less homeless people Okay. Yeah. This is, it's yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. That's the snake that eats its own ass, man. They get used to it, so, yeah, 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 so exactly. it grows, so they get yeah. used to it more. But just one thing, sorry for interrupting you. But the only the to me the more annoying motherfucker uh, than the immigrants taking their jibs uh, conservative is mm. the. Um, you should appreciate what you have in the United States because some people yeah. would give their lives to come over liberal. That now that is the new spin on the same fucking thing, and that mm. works for the fucking libs. And it's arguably more fucking mm. racist because they think the, um, the 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 conservative is racist because he thinks uh, this guy is gonna come and take his shit. He's selfish, and the guy coming is not gonna be able to do the job as well as him. The lib thinks that. Everything else, like the whole planet, except for this this country, is an absolute fucking shithole. Yep. 
it's a much more expansive mm. racism than the previous one. The other guy just thinks our culture suck. The other one thinks the planet is fucking decrepit. I, just, I love all the, the immigrant rhetoric because it's very transparent. Uh, it's particularly funny from the conservatives because it's it's like Schrodinger's immigrant. You, they're simultaneously <laughs> lazy welfare queens and also yeah. <laughs> these like hyper industrious job takers. All right, like which one is it, man? Like you p- make up your mind. It's <laughs> they're mm. but they're not exactly known for uh, for, for clarity of thought. That. Let's I say steal that term. Actually, that could be a nice title. Uh, <laughs> Schrodinger's immigrant. <laughs> yeah, Sh- Schrodinger's uh, argument. You can, yeah. you can expand it on all of these. Mm, there's yeah. an idea. Well, I think that'll do it for today. We tackled what ten things. That's a lot of a lot of debunks in a single episode. Uh, <laughs> mm. We hope you all enjoyed this. This, I guess, official one year anniversary of the podcast. Um, mm. Again, thank you all so much for sticking around and uh, sharing with your friends and and laughing at all of our memes. Um, we we really could not have done this without you, and we hope to do uh, many many more episodes. Uh, many, many more years. Many, I'm many more be- years. Yeah, we're, we're, we're one-tenth of the way to 550 episodes. We'll see you, we'll see you then. Mm-hmm. Um, we promised 5,500. <laughs> the, the nightmare of, of Hakim shall come to pass. Yeah, don't uh, do the math on how long that'll take. As, 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 uh, as JT's daughter uh, travels through the deserts of what is <laughs> yeah. the American Midwest and listens to the only remaining show on planet Earth, <laughs> the deprogram. And every time we log in, she'll mm-hmm. be like, what the fuck are you deprogramming? The whole fucking planet is dead. Everybody knows that capitalism doesn't work anymore. And we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, man, the, the malls, man, it's a strip mall country, man. <laughs> She's our last patron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been the D program. I'm JT. I'm Hakeem. And I'm Ugopnik. I, I don't Don't get slapped anything. in the mouth with a foreign <laughs> penis. <laughs> Unless you want to. Yeah.